let's talk about cannabis consumption lounges in the state of Illinois. As it stands in Illinois, there are licenses to do cannabis cultivation, retail, transportation, and infusion. Notably, there are not licenses for consumption lounges, and I think that's just the way that it should be. This is actually one of the things in the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act that I like. I know, right? You don't often hear anything like that out of me, but it's one of the only parts that is not riddled with barriers to entry. Starting a cannabis consumption lounge in Illinois as it stands now is actually something that is achievable for most people. The same cannot be said about any other cannabis business in the state of Illinois. But don't take it from just me. Take it from owners of consumption lounges in Illinois. This is an instance where the lack of, let's say, strict regulation is actually working in our favor. Yes, it actually is. This is That's the best part about this license, that it is municipality controlled. Um, so there is some leverage in that. I'm comfortable with what we're doing here. Like I've I'm not looking for any major changes. Instead, there are tobacco retail licenses, which are easy to obtain and are not under the strict control of the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, which legalized cannabis in Illinois. When combined with permitting from your local government or municipality, a tobacco retail license allows you to open a cannabis consumption lounge. Over the years, there have been bills to create licensing for cannabis consumption events. The longest standing group in Illinois cannabis events agrees that things are just fine the way that they are. That's actually a good, I just thought of it. I was about to ask, do you have to deal with like uh, licensing or whatever? And I remember in this last session, there was a proposal for like uh, cannabis licensing events. Like, would you have... Were you hoping something like that would happen or do you not really care? It's, it's, what is that it's, for you? It's like since like 2021 like they've had something like something come yeah, back nothing happens you know yeah. and and the way i see it sometimes like i don't know we're, we're working the way we are like you know the state of illinois has proven themselves to be incapable of issuing cannabis licenses in a manner that is timely fair or truly equitable i suggest that we keep this where it is outside of the strict control of the crta if it's the freedom to easily open a cannabis business or host a cannabis consumption event in the state of Illinois that you're looking for, then I suggest you keep your beloved lounges and events as far away from the CRTA as humanly possible. The fact that this is governed by local municipalities or local governments as opposed to our state's government seems like a blessing in disguise. It's only a matter of time before more of these pop up, and it's less of a question of complexity and more of a question of local politics and ingenuity, how you actually make money on a business model that is basically just a glorified hangout location. And maybe it's best that we continue to allow people to navigate their local politics and allow them the freedom to innovate rather than placing them on the rigid, sterile, and oftentimes seemingly inept oversight regime that we know as the CRTA. Sometimes I think it's better to let the locals decide what happens in their own backyards rather than to allow some large state body with no investment or involvement 
in your community to make that determination. Allow me to read the language from the law that allows all of this to take place. A dispensing organization or retail tobacco store authorized or permitted by a unit of local government to allow on-site consumption shall not be deemed a public place within the meaning of the Smoke-Free Illinois Act. In other words, you can smoke things inside of these establishments. If you look deeper into the law, you'll find that there's a requirement that you have about 80% of your revenue be tobacco products. And some people say that it doesn't make sense that these cannabis consumption lounges are required to have at least or around 80% of their revenue be tobacco products. And at face value, I agree with this notion. But The idea starts to make more sense when you realize the tobacco products that they are referring to are actually cannabis ancillary products like rolling papers, bongs, bowls, and more, which took me back to my days of going to a head shop before cannabis was legal when all of the products were for tobacco use. Frankly, I think it makes sense that these establishments are able to sell cannabis ancillary products. I mean... Don't you want to be able to buy a bong, some papers, or a bowl at your consumption lounge? This allows you to do just that. Ultimately, my friends, this comes down to taxes. The state of Illinois wants their taxes. How else can they get their taxes? Well, they must require that you sell something that is taxable by the state of Illinois. And what is something that's taxable by the state of Illinois? Well, tobacco products. So, It's really simple when it comes down to it why this requirement exists, and I beg you, I plead you uh, to not make it more complicated than it needs to be. Maybe, in fact, things should stay just about the way that they are today. It's literally in the name of the act, the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act. We are going to regulate and tax cannabis. So in this instance, this is how they do that. We should be happy they're taking the hands-off approach they are taking with regard to regulation. We all know how much they like to regulate cannabis here in the state of Illinois. And we all know how good they are at doing just that. They've regulated the fuck out of this industry. Today, I'm in Harrisburg, Illinois for an exclusive interview with the trailblazing individual behind Harrisburg's very own Cannabis Consumption Lounge. I saw an article from the Harrisburg Register in 2021. At the time, then-Mayor John McPeak said, quote, this is something we will discuss and it should be discussed, end quote. At the time, Public Safety Commissioner Raymond Gunning voiced concerns about the impact of such a business on the community and its safety. But despite the hesitations and uncertainties, the town finally embraced the idea and the Cannabis Consumption Lounge became a reality. Join me as I sit down with the person that they were referring to in the article that I'm referencing, the visionary who started Harrisburg's first Cannabis Consumption Lounge. We'll explore his journey, the challenges he faced, and the events that the lounge offers to the community. 
this episode premiered on Patreon. This means that if you're not listening to this episode on Patreon, you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. For just $3 a month, you get immediate access to all of our episodes as they release. You can go to chillinoynet slash Patreon to become a patron. Once again, that's C-H-I-L-L-I-N-O-I-S dot net slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N to become a patron. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, I'm really excited for today's show, Visiting Cannabis Consumption Lounges. It's not something you see uh, a lot of in the state of Illinois. Before we get into that, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, my name is John Reddick. I'm the owner here at Three Mile Hideaway, and we're little cannabis consumption lounge and kind of specialize in original music. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Perfect uh, combination there. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get any further, uh, I figure people can look you up on social media under Three Mile Hideaway. Yep. Three Mile Hideaway on Instagram and Facebook. Got a website? Um, threemilehideaway.com. Um, but Instagram and Facebook are always up to date with whatever shows we got coming up and everything like that. Yeah. And we're in Harrisburg, Illinois. That's right. Yep. Sweet. Here we're just right at the mouth of the Shawnee National Forest. So as far as like traveling to an area, it's just absolutely gorgeous down here. Yeah. Why do you think there aren't uh, more cannabis consumption lounges? I think it is a tough area to break into. It's a tough area for normal business-minded people who like seeing clear numbers to be able to get into this venture without seeing what other people have done or seeing what the potential for the business is. Um, I think a lot of it is a passion project. You have to really like it. You have to have your own ideas. You have to kind of figure out your own alley in it. Um, and I think the majority of the people who want into the cannabis industry and things like that want to work more with the plant. They don't want to do, you know, a lot of the side stuff and things like that are things that are way more of a risk than growing and selling weed is. Yeah. But do you get like a lot of uh, folks that are like, we can, we can smoke weed here. Like that's, or this yep. is why we came here. Yeah. Yep. There. So we've been really good about staying pretty like low key and chill for the most part. And so pretty much everything we have here is all word of mouth. Um, we keep our Instagram and Facebook and all that like pretty small. We don't do a lot of posts. We just post some shows now and then and things like that. And so for the most part, all of our clientele is pretty regular. And then we have a lot of our people that travel and, um, you know, like Growcast and Jordan and those guys, they brought in people from all over and um, a lot of travelers. We've got Thrive right here in town. And my wife, she's a manager for Thrive. And so we kind of have a little connection there. And so it's good to have a lot of that come in. Um, but yeah, it's started out to where everybody was super shocked. And now we have our, you know, normal regulars and music lovers and everything like that. People have kind of their set days and people have their set shows and it's mm -hmm. kind of grown into its own little cool thing. Nice. And how long, uh, how long we've been doing this thing? Um, three years, right? Or two years coming up on two years, about a year and three quarters or so. You've had a good experience, I take it, if yeah. you're, you know. It's varied from kind of the start to what we're doing now. Um, the room kind of had to develop itself and kind of figure out what it wanted to be and what worked best here and everything like that. Um, kind of started out doing 
more events more frequently and kind of doing a lot of different things and just kind of fell found out through doing everything that a listening room with all original music lights turned down low people just chilling like that's where this place really shines and so that's what we focus on yeah and uh take a moment to talk a little bit more about that i want to i mean you mentioned it before we got on air original music all that yeah i want to take yeah take yeah so we're only do all original singer songwriters here um and so every now and then people will play like an original cover of a song and things like that but i mean it's it's all songwriters here and we've been lucky to get a lot of touring people come through um have some of the best singer songwriters in the area come through um and become you know pretty regulars here especially with doing some of our songwriter sessions um we've got you know julia cannon coming up on her tour and brother smith on tour and um, a bunch of other really cool acts coming in that is neat for a small place with you know 40 seats intimate setting people smoking weed no alcohol like nobody's yelling out free bird and we've never said a word here ever about like controlling anything in the room but the second music starts you can hear a pin drop in here for two hours other than the musician playing yeah and that's a major difference i would say (laughs) with cannabis and alcohol people tend to get a little rowdy with alcohol and uh, with cannabis they get a little bit more reserved it's uh, interesting yeah and they uh it just seems to be able to enjoy it a little bit more and just the vibes of the room and everything like that help out too and yeah cannabis obviously helps like you're gonna be nice and chill and gonna feel the music a bit more when you're fucking stoned so Mm -hmm. yeah are you able to like are people able to bring in their own food do you serve food here or how does like snacks and stuff like that work um people can bring their own food it's just no alcohol cannabis only so no type of alcohol containers or beverages or anything like that but as Mm -hmm. far as food goes it's we do keep the DoorDash drivers in Harrisburg pretty busy with everybody that comes here. Sure. And, um, you can That's bring cool. in food. We have some of my favorite music um, patrons that we have as a group older people. They're in their late 60s, early 70s, uh-huh. and they just absolutely love live music and acoustic music. And they'll go over to the corner and they'll put out like a whole cracker tray with cheese and sausage and sandwiches and all sorts of shit over there. And mm-hmm. they'll bring their cooler uh, sodas and water and everything like that. And that's awesome. come in and enjoy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what's the reception from the community been like? Uh, we were talking in the lunar Luna lounge and Sessor and they said that they had, let's call it mixed responses. Some people who just, really didn't care and some people who were really upset what's what's the response been like from the folks in harrisburg um zero complaints good never i mean even from the start of doing the amendments and things like that with the city attorney and you know talking to the city council and working with them and coming up with the ideas for the place and going through all the meetings and um meeting with the local sheriff he was in support of us and you know was wanting it to move forward and um, this town likes small business. It likes when people are doing things It it yeah. likes live music. And so I have zero complaints about being here. Harrisburg has been awesome to us. Can you share some of the, what you're, what you feel comfortable with, obviously of, mm-hmm. of like, like why, you know, or why you felt the sheriff, uh, supported it or why you felt, uh, the mayor supported it. Was it just small businesses or were they like a mixture of small business coming in and, 
they have a pretty solid knowledge about cannabis mm. and what it does, how it impairs you. Um, you know, the traffic rates, according to the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration on cannabis use in driving versus alcohol in driving and what those statistics are. And so he kind of had all of that already in his head. He already, even before bringing it up, he was a fan of cannabis. I mean, thrives here in town. And so it, uh, it wasn't something they were scared about. It was something they were completely 100% open to from the start. Yeah. So how does this work? Like, how are you able to do this? I mean, she explained in Cesar, she got a permit from the town. Yep. It's pretty much as pretty simple much. as that. But yeah, Get but... a license from the town and you have a retail tobacco license from the state of Illinois. That's awesome. Um, 80% of our sales have to be tobacco related. And so, you know, that's our pipes, that's our papers, that's all of that sort of stuff, which is... 100% of our sales. And so that's kind of only their weird little like rule and things like that of everything. Um, and then you get a license from the city. Now, is that the city's rule or I understand that to be the state's rule, but I just... it's the state's rule. And then you have to have um, licensing from the city itself as well. Um, every city's different. Every city's amendments are different. How it's written is different. Rules are different. And um, like our hours here are limited from three until midnight. That's all that we can be open. So we can't be open in the morning. Okay. We can't be any of that. So it's different than regular businesses. Um, but it's just things that they were comfortable with doing so that if anybody had any kind of negative feelings toward it, they're at least like, hey, we're governing over this. We're setting some guidelines and setting some rules. It's not just a free for all. So Yeah. What are the, so you said 80% tobacco, like I don't, I don't see like cigarettes or anything in here. What do you, what are you selling? Tobacco related purchases. And oh, okay. so pipes fall into that category. Papers fall into that category. Bowls fall into that category. Mm -hmm. Kind of everything like that. Sure. Um, and so to have a retail tobacco license, 80% of your sales has to come from retail tobacco products because you pay that tax on it. Um, and so that's just... I don't know why they worked it into that. I don't know why they just didn't make a cannabis consumption license, why you have to have a retail tobacco license and things like that to do it all. But I think it just ties in more with the smoke-free Illinois act and how the cigar lounge, cigar lounge rules are formed and everything like that. And so I think they just use that to implement this. Yeah. So is that the requirement there that you just said you have to have a retail tobacco license? Like at least I know that you said it differs from town to town or ordinance. I think or that's for everybody. I but think it's... that's the state rule. I think you have to have that. And then you have to go through your city to do all of, right, right. you know, your individual permitting and things like that. But it's a retail tobacco license. What was yep. it called? Retail tobacco license. Just okay. like any smoke shop, gas station everywhere has. Mm -hmm. super easy to get i think it's 110 bucks and you just renew it every year yeah so it's not anything difficult it's like you don't have to apply for it or anything like that yeah for the last few sessions including this session i've seen like a legislative session by mm -hmm. the way not smoke session <laughs> <laughs> um uh i've seen a like a consumption consumption related bills come up um have you had any opinions on it or were you even aware that those were a, there was discussions around that Honestly, I haven't looked at it too much. Um, I'm comfortable with what we're doing here. Like I, 
I'm not looking for any major changes. There's nothing really like. And that's kind of why I ask. I worry sometimes in this state where we've made it really hard to do a lot of things cannabis related, Mm -hmm. that if they're going to try to change things up, like you, the Luna Lounge, like everything's fine. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm sure that like maybe you would. The only there... little things that I'd like to change are like we can't legally sell or serve any type of open beverage or food or anything like that. And I mean, I think it'd be neat to have a really nice like coffee machine in here and be able to sell like good coffee and shit like that. And so like those little things like that'd be cool, but it's not anything I'd ever complain about. Like if sure. it happens, awesome, but it's not something I'm going to hire a lobbyist to to change. Yeah. And that's what I get worried about when people start talking about this at the state level. Cause I've, I've watched, well, we've been talking for a while. I've been trying to get down here. I don't know if it's you that I've been talking to on Instagram, but I think so. Yeah. Um, so, um, we, you know, we've been talking for a while and I've been watching this business for a while and obviously you've been doing just fine. And same with the Luna lounge, you know, we've been, you know, keeping contact and trying to plan something out for a while and obviously everything's going fine. And so, I worry, like I say, when people start talking and it's not, this isn't the first session it's brought up. So it's, yeah. you know, been brought up a few times and I just, sometimes, you know, like I get it when people want uh, different things, but it's like, I just, again, worry when we start talking about regulating it more, it's like, is it going to make it harder for people to open up shop? You know? Oh, it'll scare away more people off. Yeah. It's already kind of daunting. Cause it's, there's not a blueprint. I mean, there's. Mm-hmm. you can kind of take some ideas and take some business ideas and things like that and how to structure your business from other areas. But I mean, you got to throw that out the window when your entire customer base is people who smoke cannabis. And so it's a whole different thing. You're not selling them anything. You're selling them an environment. You're selling them a vibe. You're selling them, yeah, you maybe know, ancillary products. Be. <laughs> and well, even for the most part, like, we have a really cool smoke shop here in town. Good vibe or uh, good vibe. So is the older one in Colorado. Um, it'll come legal smile. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have anything, I send everybody down there to them. If we have nice. something cool, they don't have like they're dope to work with with us. And so even, you know, people coming in here needing something, if they're like kind of hesitant on glass, I'll just send them over to them. Like their buddies ours. Yeah. They've got cool shit. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but I I just wanted to dwell on that for a moment. Like, I don't mean to sound like a like a crazy person that that's like opposed to all regulation. Obviously, I Mm -hmm. see the value in some regulation, but like, this is a case where it's like maybe we just maybe we provide a little bit of clarity to your point. But I I just like it's like don't touch it. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing that. I would really change is maybe get rid of the whole tobacco wording and all that and just make a state cannabis consumption license that you have to buy from the state if they want to make your $110 off of a license or whatever it may be. Like, go ahead and purchase that and then still have the city and everything like that have to do your local licensing or the amendments and, you know, everything just like you would if alcohol got re-legalized. You still have to write in everything at the city level and county level and everything like that. And so... I don't think that necessarily needs to change. It's just a hurdle for new business owners to get into and, right. you know, finding the right city and stuff to work with. Um, but I don't think the state would override and say they're legal everywhere. Like you can just pop open a shop. Um, yeah. I think the city should still be able to 
have some type of say in, you know, how their city's designed and stuff like that. Right. But again, I think if the state is going to be involved at all, it should be like they're involved with hemp licensing, which I think you're familiar with, aren't yep. you? Yeah. So, and I've even interviewed David Lakeman, who's the current uh, head of the manager of the Division of Agriculture. And mm-hmm. he told me that like, you know, I, I if I would have paid him that morning and I say pay him, I mean, pay the Department of Agriculture. Yeah that morning for a hemp license that afternoon i would have walked out with one and it's not a question of if you're going to get one it's a question of like when and it's usually within a day yep and so that's where i think oh no from the state i think they should 100 percent have that yeah um and then at the city level county level wherever you're at the stuff like that yeah and not even have the say like i think they should be more in favor to doing it it's small business it's new business it's safe business um, you know, people get a lot of joy out of it. It brings tourism and recreation and everything like that to your area that other places don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the city managers and the council and the people who represent the people in that city yeah. should be able to have some type of say of, you know, not even or not whether it should be there, which they have that, but where it should be, how it should be set up, you know some of the open hour rules to keep everybody happy. Like there has to be some leeway on both sides for sure. Yeah. And what's interesting is I don't know exactly how all this works and maybe, you know, more cause maybe you've applied for cannabis licenses. I don't know. Have you? Um, no. Okay. Um, well, what I was going to say is that they're like issued by police district, if I'm wrong or mm-hmm. some sort of area. And yeah. that's kind of crazy to think about. Cause that's basically the state saying, Hey, we are we are giving this license out and it is going to be somewhere in this area versus this where it's like um it might it's up to you to it find might a spot. yeah exactly yep. and it may happen it may or may not yep. and even then it might face opposition from the community versus the the situation we have with cannabis where it's like the state is saying no there's going to be one of these establishments in this area and yeah they're going to have to duke it out to where exactly it is and we've heard of that you mm-hmm. know I don't know if you remember, but there were areas in Chicago that were like, we're never going to have dispensaries here. Yep. And I think they've since changed that decision, but you know. And that's going to come with time too. I mean, as time goes on and, you know, more lounges are open and I mean, knock on wood, I've never once heard about, we've never had an issue here. There's never been the closest thing to a problem. There's, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be at a cannabis lounge like and so I think when more places start seeing that and people start being more open to it, um, especially when councils start getting younger, I mean, 30 and 40 year olds are getting more involved with city government and local government and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's going to change more than anything, getting different people in that were in there from before. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I know that you kind of already addressed this question, but just in case that that discussion triggered any other memories you know why 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 do you think yeah we don't see more of this it is i think it is remarkable that there is like maybe a handful in the state and two of them are down yeah here. i think it's the hurdle yeah. of it being a new business how to figure out how to you can make money in that business and then obviously all the local stuff the laws the licensing mm-hmm. um any city you want to work with to open one you probably have to do all the legwork of actually getting it to happen. You have to work with the city attorney. You have to work with the council. You have to, you know, do everything. You have to make sure the amendment's what you want it to be. And so mm-hmm. there's easier ways to get into the industry, I feel like. And I think it scares a lot of people off. Um, but I think the people that are 
going to do it, we'll probably end up doing it right, making really cool places for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to have you spill the secret sauce, but can you describe, I, I had you start this earlier, but I felt like I spun us in a different direction. Can you describe how you approached doing this in Harrisburg so that maybe, hopefully, we were sitting out the bat signal so that somebody else <laughs> does this? I want this to become more normalized, you know? Yeah, I just started with talking with the city councilor, um, telling them my idea, and then talking with the mayor. I'd already previously, you know, had friendly relationship with most of them from running the farmer's market here in town and, you know, being on some different, um, you know, like market events and Sasquatch Festival Council and just little stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. I'd been previously working with the city, um, telling them my ideas and just going from there. Um, like I said, I am probably the worst person to talk to. I don't have much issue with how everything went. Um, yeah. I would just say, have your facts ready, go to your city council, go to your mayor, have traffic information, have insurance information, have safety say, information. Yeah, what, do they have any like, what are some questions they hit you with off the bat if you can remember? You're like, okay, I want to start a place where people can The smoke only weed. thing <laughs> was um, basically travel from here and, you know, mm -hmm. how that would be handled and everything like that. Um, overconsumption, if overconsumption was an issue, all of that sort of things. And, you know, it comes down to legal adults doing something that is legal in the state of Illinois. We have insurance just like any other bar that covers us for those issues. Yeah. Um, and there's never been any case of, you know, overconsumption, someone leaving here too stone, people getting followed by the cops, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think they know that we're doing the right thing and we're being mindful and we're trying to be respectful and, you know, trying to maintain our license and set an example for what cannabis lounges can actually be. And, yeah. You know, in turn, they're giving us the respect to be able to, you know, do what we do and not scare people off or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar with high minded events. They do like uh, yep. cannabis weddings and events yep. across the state. We just interviewed Phil Cooper and uh, his uh, business partner, and they were describing their process of getting insurance. And they were describing how like they had to explain like, no, we're not providing the cannabis. We're simply overseeing people consuming cannabis, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I can't remember some of the other things that they had, but I was just curious if you're all right with talking about it. Like how did that conversation go with insurance? Cause I feel like it's gotta be like, wait a minute, it what are you doing? It was really hard to find an insurance company, um, to cover us the same way that a bar is covered. And so if somebody leaves here or anything like that, it can't come back on us. We're insured for their travel. We're insured for you know, all of that, just like any bar is. Um, and so there's only one company I found that would actually do it. Um, so we went with them and we've been with them since. And nice. as far as I know, they're still the only ones giving, you know, full coverage insurance to cannabis lounges. Um, they cover all of our products. They cover everything just like a regular, any type of business would do. Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you approach this, um, endeavor did you go to i'm not aware of a lot of consumption lounges across the nation but i know that there are some it, how did you approach this i purposely never went to any of them okay. um i've never been to any of the other ones in the state i've before i came to illinois i've been in the legal cannabis industry since 2012 i worked for live well in colorado for six years i was up and down the whole front range and then worked in the industry here um and I knew what I wanted the room to be, and it just 
took a good year of doing that and trying new things to kind of make it what it was. Yeah. Cool. But no, I didn't, I tried to not to take any outside sourcing from anybody else. Um, you know, the biggest thing we tried to kind of make here was a comfortable, like just 1930 style Chicago cigar lounge that's hidden away that you can come and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So is your, is your hemp farm nearby here? Um, about 40 minutes south of here. Okay, cool. Yep. Sweet. That's cool. Do you, are you able to sell your crop here? Like- yep. And so we do, which I don't have a lot right now because thankfully it actually sells pretty good. Good. Um, good. But we have a uh, 10,000 milligram pain rub, 5,000 milligram, 2,500 milligram, um, beard oils, massage oils, um, tinctures, our full spectrum CBD oil, um, skin hydrator, tattoo creams. And so a whole mm-hmm. bunch of various topicals. Yeah. Have you gotten any other media coverage like, uh, like traditional media? Some people would say I'm media, but like traditional media um, news. <laughs> I tend to turn it all away. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I'm cool with doing some of these cannabis centered shows and stuff like that because this is going to get to the, the real, you know, the people, people you want to that we want to come here. Right. Um, I get it's a it's a kind of a one off place. It's a bit of a touristy place and things like that. But the people that come here still need to be comfortable here, and I need to be mindful of that. Um, I don't want to treat it like a regular come and go, here you are bar sort of thing. Like yeah. the people that come here usually are socially awkward people like most cannabis smokers are like not comfortable in big groups and all that sort of thing. And so, um, just try to be mindful of what our clientele is and what they respect and what they want out of a night out and having all of those same types of people creates a vibe that's, you know, comfortable for everybody. Hey, I love, I love like, uh, the idea behind your approach to not doing media curious. Mm -hmm. Do you get, because you are such a rare establishment, do you get a lot of media requests? Not a lot. Um, just like the local couple of local TV and like local radio and stuff like that. And just kind of little things, couple of the like community social media pages and stuff. And I just, yeah, didn't really want to mess with any of it. i like laying low i like kind of doing our own thing and yeah do you partner with any uh in the spirit of laying low do you partner with any cannabis companies or anything like that yeah we partner with just about all of them um started probably with gti um doing some employee appreciation events and then that kind of grew to just about every other cultivator doing sponsored songwriter sessions on our saturdays and so they'll bring in um, they're recreationally purchased product so that they can mm-hmm. share it with everybody here legally. And that way everybody that comes in can get a little bit something free, you pay a $10 cover and you get to listen to some really good music for two hours. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'll have shown a video by now so that people can check out the room, but, uh, I really do like just the, uh, feel of the room I have to say. So nice job. I appreciate it. Yeah, we just try to keep it comfy, try to keep it clean, try to keep it to where everybody has somewhere different to sit and somewhere comfortable, and you can just sit back, relax, and not have to worry about nothing. Yeah, We turn the lights down low and turn the stage lights up just a little bit, and so everybody's, you know, even if you're sitting next to people, you still feel like you're, you know, kind of alone or with your group, and it's a nice little deal. Yeah. Do you have any 
cool stories or just anything unexpected that you that you'd like to share through this endeavor i'm just curious i'm sure you've seen just one of the the coolest things that i think has ever happened um here or there's been a lot of really cool individual moments and met, met a lot of really cool people and had a lot of really cool interactions and stuff like that here um but i was here on it was a random wednesday night and um, one of my artist buddies messaged Lucas Wayne. He's like, Hey, like me and some friends are coming down. We're going from Chicago to Nashville. You might if we stop in and play a little bit. Like, Not at all. Come on. Probably 20, 25 musicians on tour doing festival circuits and all that stuff came in here. We moved all the furniture and everybody's got a chair and sat in a big circle and everybody just tur- turns going around and we had Alicia Gale and uncle sexy and Lucas Nelson um ben west just so many amazing artists here at one time completely random spur of the moment wednesday night and that's what made me you know really realize this this room's meant for music and people to enjoy that yeah so it's uh monday to sunday what'd you say three no we're down to just thursday to saturday now thursday Um, to saturday yeah we keep it chill the other days of the week, we still keep it open for a lot of private events and birthday parties and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, used to do yoga classes on Tuesdays and mental health things and stuff like that. But during the summer down here, it's there's so much outdoor tourism and things to do sure. and people on vacation that it just makes more sense and it's more fun for everybody. Just kind of keeping it to those weekend days and really blasting out those shows. Yeah. What are some of the events that you've had? I mean, uh, have you had like any weddings or receptions or anything like that? So we've had birthday parties, employee appreciation parties, um, a wedding reception two weeks ago. Um, That's coming good. up on 420 of next year, we have a wedding here. They're going to do their actual wedding here. So that's going to be pretty cool. Sweet. Um, and then Christmas time, we have just a lot of private parties and Christmas parties. And, uh, most of the cultivators, they have some type of employee party or something like that for the bud tenders down here, just the industry as a whole. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to book a private party, would they just like, uh, email you on the yeah, website? Just shoot a message like to the page, Instagram or Facebook. Usually the easiest way to go ahead and get a hold to me. Sweet, sweet. Well, are there any bases you feel we haven't covered uh, with regard to um, the consumption lounge business? I mean, it sounds like the way you make it happen is a, it's like a membership model, you know? Yeah. Because um, I've always wondered, like, if you can't sell weed. And I mean, yeah, you have to sell ancillary products, so there you go. There's some mm-hmm. money. But it's like, how do you make money? And it's like, okay, well, you have a membership Yep. And we don't even do, we don't do any of the membership fees or anything. It's just straight cover charge. Um, and so especially with having some of the cultivation sponsors and things like that, being able to help cover some of the artist fees and, um, we're super lucky to where some of the artists who should be way out of our price range, do it for way less than they should to be able to come and play in a quiet, intimate room and smoke weed. Um, where they can play all of their songs and they don't have to worry about playing covers and all that sort of stuff. And so yeah. we kind of got into this little groove and it's where I'm comfy at. Um, anybody wanting to open one, I 100% support it. I think they should be absolutely everywhere. I don't think there can be enough of them. There's, 
you go to every town in Southern Illinois and there's five bars, like, right. No different. Actually, it's way different because it's entirely safer. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of not even the same level of how much (laughs) more of a benefit a cannabis lounge is versus a bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess just, uh, some parting questions, uh, you know, I know it's obviously not a monolith, the the people that come in, they're not all the same, but like, you know, I'm sure you've got your regulars, but do mm-hmm. you, you know, do you, you experience tourists coming through? Like, is this, am I at the right place? Yep. So, you know, um, yeah, we get a lot of the tourists, um, you know, people at Thrive that go there, that shop there and, you know, they'll ask the bun tenders like, hey, where can I smoke around is here? Is there a dispensary and, here in town, Thrive? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. And so they're just there on the other side of town. That works and, out pretty uh-huh. well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It works out good. And that way those people have somewhere to legally come in, you know, take a couple hits or smoke a dog walker or whatever the hell they buy over there and mm-hmm. watch TV, hang out, listen to music, whatever it may be for a little while. And then, um, we have all our local regulars and then we have our out of town regulars and it's pretty neat too. Cause we have certain artists that kind of bring their own little fan base and that always works out really well cause they're there for the music. And yeah. so it just all kind of plays off of each other. Yeah. And I'm just curious. I'm asking you because I smoke so much weed. I can't remember. Do you remember how we found each other online? Do you feel like. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I feel like it was probably with the hemp farm like years ago. Yeah, I can't remember either. Well, I can't remember. It's all good. (laughs) All good. Finally made it here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We made it here. We made it here. And I would love to come back and, uh, you know, we're going to smoke some weed right now, but, uh, it'd be fun to, uh, have you down here for an event. Have you sponsor one of our Saturday shows or something like that? And be cool. Hand out all your stuff and have a good night with everybody. Invite some of your listeners and shit like that. Yeah. Like I told you, I think before we went on air, I think, uh, weed and music, it's like, what a better combination. Do you ever have comedy or anything out here? Oh yeah. The comedy is a lot of fun. It's, uh, the comedy nights are always packed. I'm sure. But the musician or the musicians, the comedians always are thrown off by it because <laughs> jokes will literally be three or four seconds delayed, like as a room. <laughs> so they'll be sitting there. They think their joke just bombed. And then then the laughter comes yeah. like it'll sink in Takes or uh huh, <laughs> or someone they'll have like an absolutely f- just fire joke or they'll go on about something or a really good story. But it'll be a little too long. Like they'll lose them somewhere through it or people will be passing joints or whatever it may be. And so um, I think the comedians have a blast with it. Like we always kind of have them asking to come down and they have to kind of tailor their set to it. Um, One time we had, I had three uh, comics here and then we had next door go ahead and book them too for the same night. And so they did a set here and then did a set over at the bar. So they were doing a set here for 50 people. And then I said over at the bar for 300 people. Yeah. And I said, just that switch up from this to this was one of the, just the craziest things that they'd done in their career. I'm like, sweet. Anytime. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I was going to, that's one of the things I meant to ask you earlier when you were talking about musicians. So musicians, comedians, mm-hmm. you just described comedians uh, perspective. Yeah. What's the, what have you heard from the performers? So I can't, I'm so high. I can't speak <laughs> they... the performers perspective. You know what I meant? <laughs> It's been awesome because it's a, it's kind of grew into a true listening room. And so I feel like we have a lot of appreciation from the artists for giving them a place to be able to play just their own original songs. They can play new stuff. They can do 
basically whatever they want to do and then know that the people that are here are here to listen to the music not to have a drink or socialize like all that sort of stuff which obviously people are talking and having a good time and stuff like that but sure the reason that they're coming here at you know eight o'clock on a saturday is to hear the person who's up there and so i think they got a pretty good appreciation for that and it led to us having a pretty good name to the artist community nice nice very cool well, hey man, that's it's crazy to hear that not only, not only are you having very good luck, but it, you've not had any. There's not been any like thing you've read on Facebook where it's like, God dang it, this pot nope. lounge is <laughs> nope. <laughs> Everybody around here has been super supportive. Like that's remarkable. we maintain a low profile on absolutely everything. We try to stay out of everybody's business and just kind of mind our own over here. And sure, it's worked out. Yeah. I didn't even, what are the surrounding businesses coming down here? Um, So across the road over that way is a like factory outlet type store with Mm -hmm. a bunch of industrial type things. And then across the street over there is the gun range and shooting range and all that (laughs) sort of stuff. Right behind us is um, our good friends. They own the Southern Illinois Axe Nail. And so they've got axe throwing, arcade games. Um, they do live music every Friday and Saturday, and then they have their big bar and dance room and all that sort of stuff. And so, cool. um, kind of all around, right around us is smaller business owners right here in kind of the downtown area. And yeah, I mean, we all get along really well. Nice. Nice. Do you notice at all a boom when the, the students come back to Carbondale? Like, uh, we kind of see that in the Champaign-Urbana area where um, it's like, oh, the city's back. No, you know? we really don't pull too many people too often from, you know, the Carbondale area or students. Um, there's a few student groups that come and they actually come up here to play cards and Dungeons and Dragons. They have their (laughs) campaign up here. Um, and so they actually do that up here once a week. And then other than that, most of our crowd is, you know, late twenties to late fifties, just here for the music and chill and hang out. Yeah. That was one of the cool things that I spoke to Holly about, uh, hearing like some of the older people's perspectives like i they never would have thought they would have been in a place like this you know like for somebody like myself growing up where colorado legalized and i saw them talking about consumption lounges it's always been in my head as like a hypothetical possibility but for like you know somebody who's older who witnessed the atrocities of the drug war yeah that's the older customers are always the most, I don't want to say appreciative because that comes off, you know, weird, but they're appreciative of this being here, of all of them being able to be here. Not yeah. just specifically me or my place. Like, I'm not saying that at all, sure. but just the way that the rules are going, the laws are going and the changes that are happening. They're always just the most shocked and the most appreciative of what's been happening. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time today and, uh, thank you for what you're doing. Oh, um, appreciate it, man. Like yeah. it's been a blast and, um, you know, anybody that really likes some good music, I, I highly encourage you to come on out on a Saturday. I, I promise you'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, if you've not been able to just openly consume cannabis with a group of friends in public maybe perhaps in front of strangers Mm -hmm. like it's a liberating experience yeah it's cool and i mean for anybody listening too we've got rental bongs we've got rental bubblers pipes all that sort of stuff and 
um, you know, we go through the UV and oxygen and heat sterilization and all that sort of stuff to yeah. get it surgically clean in between all the users. And, um, we've got our dab bar set up up here. So anybody that wants dabs come up and have as many dabs as you want to, like, it's a neat thing. That's awesome. By the end of the night, everybody's sharing joints, everybody's sharing blunts. It's just making its way around the whole room. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, um, yeah, I, I keep doing what you're doing. I, again, I just wanted to say thank you and folks that are listening. Um, let's hope that this becomes more of a normal thing and, um, yeah, somebody open them, take the torch. Yeah. <laughs> take the torch and run with it and, you know, reach out to somebody like reach out. I'm sure you wouldn't, you know, I feel like we, you basically said the template on here, but you know, if you, I guess I don't if, know, if anybody has pointers. questions or wants to know how to talk to the mayor, or bring it up or how to get in touch with the city council members. I mean, there was, I mean, there was a couple city council members that didn't really want to talk about it too much. And so I'd go to their business and just wait for them to get there. Like yeah. I'd show up at their office. Like, Hey, what's up? You got to, you still have to do a little bit of the legwork, but sure. It's to the point now. I think it's, it's doable for just about everywhere if you try hard enough. Yeah. And if you just lay out the case that like, the sky's not going to fall. In yep. fact, you were, it's like you said earlier, yep. it's a small Anybody business. Anybody that's listening that wants to have their mayor, their sheriff, their anything, go ahead and call ours. It's John Mapeak here in Harrisburg. He'll tell you honestly. I. Anybody that wants to do anything like that, like give him a holler. He'll let you know what the city's experience has been, if there's been any issues, if there's been anything. And, you know, if they don't want to take it from someone trying to open up the cannabis business, then... Let them call a city official and hear it from them. Yeah. So that's a convincing case there. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, folks, if you're interested in maybe pushing forward uh policies such as these, I think we've laid out a pretty uh pretty easy or, or a, pr- a pretty straightforward case. Sorry, the cannabis is just really kicking in. <laughs> uh we've laid it all out, but you've also got somebody who you can connect with. I love that we're able to you know, have these conversations and hopefully continue the normalization of cannabis. You know what I mean? Man, I think we're so close. Like, yeah. I think another couple of years, this place is just going to be like any other place out there, which I'm looking forward to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But let us not forget you forged the path. So, <laughs> hey, put it right here. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. And uh, yeah, folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. We'll see you on the next episode and hopefully we'll see you maybe here at the hideaway. So take care. Bye.